What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Seifter, joined, as always, by my co-host, Bart Wheeler. And Bart, you know, one thing I love in baseball is the day games. And today we're doing a little bit of daytime podcasting. So uh, how you feeling today? You ready to uh, talk some outfielders? Absolutely. Uh, this is uh, this is an interesting one. We've, we've gone through the whole infield. You know, we started at catcher. Now we're getting to the outfield before we get into any pitchers. And this is this is a tough one. Uh, you know, my strategy with outfielders is going to be take one of these top eight or so guys I have in my in round one if I can. And then I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't really want like someone in my sort of third or fourth tier as my top outfielder. So I really want one of these top guys. And then as I was going back through, I was looking at my rankings from last year at this time. And man, had a lot of guys ranked in the 60s. 70s who finished up as like top 20 outfielders so it just it kind of makes me want to take some shots late you know draft someone high and then just take some shots late and kind of load up and hope I hit on one or two of those guys what about you yeah I mean I think I think you're right um it's you know going through these position previews it's just been a little bit of a a shock how um top heavy all of these positions are really except for shortstop yeah I feel like every other position is just more top heavy than usual this season so you're gonna have to make some tough decisions uh in those early rounds of the draft but um I do think this is like one more reason to maybe not take a shortstop at the Mm -hmm. the top of your draft and uh aim for a different position and I do think I agree with you um in terms of it you know outfield being very top heavy. I might say there's nine guys uh, that I like um, at uh, as like potential first or second round uh, picks, um, mm-hmm. and then after that it's sort of uh, you know there's some decent guys you can get in maybe the second, third, fourth rounds, um, and then it falls off pretty quick, and all of a sudden you're you're looking at some pretty dicey players. But I also think that's an opportunity because there it's like. Um, there's no consensus on the order of guys like that. So if you have players that are like, you know, your favorite players, guys you like more than the consensus, um, you might be able to get a really good value on some of those guys because it's just there's so many outfielders to look at. And, um, you know, as long as guys are getting regular playing time, uh, there's guys, you know, there's guys that came out of nowhere to have big seasons last year. There's guys that were stars until like a year or two ago that completely fell off uh, or missed all of last season. Um, there's unproven guys coming from overseas. There's rookies. Mm-hmm. It, like There's all kinds of different profiles in the outfield. Um, there's guys that can give you speed. There's guys that can give you power. Uh, there's guys uh, that can you know quietly chip in a little bit everywhere, and it adds up to something more than the sum of the parts. But... Um, you know, it's it's it, it's an opportunity, I think. But I but I agree that like it's not a position where uh, you want to be panicked and uh, and and taking guys earlier than they than they deserve because there's just a lot of players in this tier that are in this position that uh, have some major question marks and are probably not worth that third, fourth, fifth round pick. Yeah, I think like when I get to that fifth round and in that area, I'm going to be. I'm going to be hammering starting pitcher uh, a lot of times in that area. So, like, you know, I'm looking at my rankings. We'll get into names here, but, like, my number 30 versus my number 50 outfielder, I don't know that there's a ton of difference. And, like you said, guys with playing time, like, there's guys in my 50s and 60s who, who are going to be everyday outfielders. And, yeah, they might just be 
uh, that player that like shoots up the rankings and finishes highly this year. We just got to find some of those gems as we dig into the names here. Yeah, like there are guys pretty far down the list that I think have a path to mm-hmm. being top 24 type of outfielders. Um, so, you know, it's really just a question of uh, the risk with those guys, and that's baked in to the price, I think. Um, and, uh, yeah, so why don't, we, why don't we just jump right into it then? And, um, you know, in, as far as tiers, I, I think it sounds like we're, we're mostly on the same page with this, this group of eight or nine guys at the mm-hmm. top. Um, but I did break them into three different tiers. Uh, for me, the top tier, I, I, I limited it to two guys. I limited it to Aaron Judge and Ronald Acuna just because, me too. to me, those are the only two that realistically I would be looking at taking with the number one overall pick in a draft if I had that. So, um, you know, we, we know the story with, with these guys. I mean, these, these two guys have both um, put up seasons where – they were just clearly the best player. I mean, last year it was Judge, uh, but Acuna has done that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just we've seen it with these guys, uh, and um, you know, Judge isn't going to repeat what he did last year, but like he doesn't need to. He was so far above everyone else in in not just in the outfield, but in fantasy baseball as a whole. Um, that he could he could afford quite a bit of regression and still be the number one player. Oh, yeah, and still lead the majors and homers. I mean, Kyle Schwarber, who we'll talk about in a little while, uh, had 46. He was second last year <laughs> to judge in all the majors. So judge and, and, you know, judge at 62. So judge could hit, you know, 48 or 50 and still lead the league. And, uh, you know, he chipped in 16 stolen bases last year, which was <laughs> crazy. Um, I was looking at his splits earlier. Man, I remembered him walking so much in the last couple months. Like, no one wanted to pitch to him. So if you're in points leagues, I mean, just – He's just a stud. You know, we don't really need to tell people to, to reasons to draft him or Acuna for that matter. I mean, Acuna thought like maybe that the speed wouldn't be there coming off the, uh, you know, the torn ACL. And man, he stole a lot of bases. It was the power that was kind of missing last year. But yeah, he's more of just the five category player can do it all. And I agree with you. Like I have these two in a tier of their own because I would probably like as we're putting together our overall rankings, which we'll post in a week or two. I would probably take either one of them over Jose Ramirez. Um, not 100% sure yet, but I definitely would take him over Trey Turner and uh, any of these other outfielders who we'll get into in the next year. Yeah, I think I would probably take these two guys at the top of the draft, just looking at outfield now. Um, I think that's a, a viable strategy for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the steals are interesting with Judge because he had never stolen more than nine bases until last season, and that was back in 2017. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a it's a question whether he'll repeat those steals. But again, as we've talked about on every show we've been doing recently, the rule changes in MLB are designed to increase stolen bases. So, yep. um, you know, he's not in a contract year anymore, so maybe he lacks that motivation to run as much, but certainly... Uh, trends in the game are going to lead to more steals. So I, I think double digits is definitely uh, possible again for a judge. And then he, you know, he's always been a little bit underrated in terms of the batting average category. Uh, but last year was an outlier, just hitting 311. I mean, before that, he had never hit higher than 287. So uh, we can expect some some healthy regression there. But he's still going to be a, a plus in batting average. You know, like he's going to yep. hit around 280 or something like that, and that's useful. And like you said, home runs, 
I, I mean, he just feels like a lock for 40 as long as he stays healthy. And uh, seeing him go over 50 again really wouldn't be much of a surprise. Yep. All right. So you want to get into the next tier? I can tell you who I have here. Okay. Yeah. Well, I did just, I, I didn't mention Acuna. You, you, you did. I, I think you pretty much covered it, but like he's, you know, I don't know about him as quite as much in terms of the batting average, um, but uh, it should be pretty solid. But I, I mean, the category juice, like it's basically him and like maybe Fernando Tatis Jr. in terms of like the guys that can just pile up insane numbers and home runs and stolen bases. So uh, we've seen it with him, and he should be fully recovered from uh, that knee injury at this point. And so I would expect the power to uh, trend back up. Yeah, I like I like these guys. You know, even same like when we're doing football. I mean, like guys who are coming off serious injuries, I like them even more. Like a year removed. You know, we talked about Max Muncie in a couple of our episodes earlier. He has multiple eligibility. Like I like him a lot more this year because he's a little bit further removed from that that uh, surgery. You know, be, I'll be interested to see where you rank uh, Bryce Harper. You know, as we get further down, because he was a tough one for me to rank. Um, hard to tell like what we'll get from him this year, and I'll probably love him next year, but it's going to be tough to kind of figure out what what Bryce Harper is going to look like this year coming off that uh after was it a UCL something similar surgery yeah yeah so all right well um let me let you know who I have here for my my next tier because I I have a feeling we have probably some similar tiers here at the top I broke them up too these are all still first round guys for me but I have Julio Rodriguez Mookie Betts Juan Soto and Kyle Tucker as my three through six so any any uh nits to pick there do you have anybody else in this tier for you i have jordan alvarez uh in this tier as well so that would be that would be my my big one i i think to me there's a pretty clear top two and then there's a pretty clear top seven i would say Mm -hmm. um so for me yeah i have it ordered julio rodriguez at three kyle tucker four jordan alvarez five juan soto six and mookie betts at seven uh i could see an argument for putting bets higher because of his second base eligibility that he carries in Yahoo, yeah. uh, which we've talked about. Um, that's a, that is a real plus, but again, given the state of the outfield, like it's just as plausible you would want to play him in the outfield as it is at second. So that second that's base true. value does, isn't quite as big a deal uh, as it would be in, in other seasons, I think just because of how uh, shallow outfield is this year. No, that's a good point. I uh, wanted to mention like with Julio Rodriguez, you know, he sounds like he's third for both of us. I thought it was interesting when I was going back at last year. He was my number seventy-five outfielder before spring training started, and of course, he was the he was like one of the top prospects in baseball. Everybody knew that, but it was like the way Seattle's outfield was. They had Jesse Winker, they had Mitch Haniger, uh, Jared Kalanick, and they had Kyle Lewis sort of injured but lurking. So it seemed like he was going to be blocked, you know, and just maybe wouldn't start. And of course, they dealt with some injuries. Um, uh, Kalanick was not was not good, <laughs> got sent back down. So like. I don't know. As we're talking through some of these guys, especially the young guys, I know we talked about like Jordan Walker and pre, you know the third base episode and stuff like that. So just I don't know something to keep in. Like you want to draft some of these young guys late. Um, like you're obviously paying for Julio Rodriguez now, but don't worry too much about what might be blocking them because injuries do happen. We saw it last year with Julio Rodriguez. He played 132 games, so almost a like a full season. You know, like we didn't miss much of Julio Rodriguez, and he was a five tool player. And yeah, he's got like that Acuna upside too. We just we've only seen it for one year. Otherwise, I'd probably put him right there at the top uh, too with uh, Judge and Acuna. Yeah, I mean, we could definitely be talking about him in the same breath as Acuna next season, but we need to see it uh, again. And 
just one thing to point out about uh, Julio Rodriguez. He had 21 of his 25 steals in the first half of the yeah. season. So uh, second half, he hit for a higher average, um, but uh, he didn't he didn't run nearly as much. So that is something to just keep in mind. Like uh, I think he's just an incredibly gifted hitter. So uh, he doesn't necessarily need to steal a ton of bases um, to be valuable in fantasy if he if he's going to hit for a high average and a lot of power. But um, I mean, he'll all he's still going to steal double digits for sure. It's just a question of. Uh, is he a 15 steel guy? Is he a 25 steel guy like he was last year? Is he a 30 plus steel guy? Like, yeah. we just don't know. We don't have the answer to that question yet. Um, so, uh, part, you know, a lot of it's just going to be like, does he want to steal? Does the team want him to steal? Uh, so, that's just one little question mark with him. But, uh, but I mean, it's also just possible he takes a step forward in all aspects and becomes the number one overall player. Yeah, I mean, someone else in this tier who could easily be the number one overall player is Juan Soto. I mean, he was pretty much like the number one overall player uh, ranked coming into last year, definitely for outfield. And, uh, you know, he had a down year. And then he got traded to San Diego, and things didn't really, you know, he didn't really turn it up there either. Uh, but I just feel like he's such a great player, obviously. And, uh, you know, he's in a great lineup in San Diego with these other elite players around him. And I love... I love buying guys coming off a down year. Now he's still a first round pick, but you you know if he falls to the six, seven, eight range, uh, don't feel bad about taking Juan Soto there because he could easily be the number one player as well. With you know getting his average back up to you know near three hundred or above three hundred, um, and just you know the home runs, the RBIs, all that. Uh, just not like crazy in the stolen base category, but you know just elite everywhere else. Yeah, I mean if you look at last season. Um... It, his numbers other than his batting average were pretty much right in line with the previous year. I mean, mm -hmm. his uh, 27 homers last year, 29 the year before that, uh, six deals last year, nine the year before that, 20.3% uh, walk rate last year, 22.2 the year before. I mean, that's an insanely high number. 14.5% uh, <laughs> yeah. K rate, 14.2 the year before. The difference was the BABIP. Um, last year it was 249. The year before it was 332. So yeah, that made it low. 70 per points in batting average, you know? Um, so yeah, I expect, I expect his batting average to jump back up. It's just a, really a question of how much it jumps because uh, he's not – a huge steel guy. He's like, right. You know, maybe right around 10, possibly that's kind of where he taps out. And then also power. I mean, his career high in Homer so far is 34. So, mm -hmm. uh, it's a good number, but it's not, you know, he's not a 40 plus home run guy, at least yet. He's still only 24 years old. Um, but I just think the way the math adds up with him, if you want, if, if he's going to be elite, if he's going to be as valuable as these guys that can give you, uh, you know, 20, 30 steals like Acuna and Julio Rodriguez, Kyle Tucker. Um, I think in order to do that, in order to be as valuable as those guys, he really needs to get the batting average back up to well over 300, which he which he did in, in 2020 and 2021. So it's definitely possible. But, um, you know, the projection systems have him hitting in the high 270s, which would be nice, but... Uh, I'm not sure he's a top of the first round guy. If he hits 275, 280, I think he needs to hit th over 300 uh, to be that top five guy. Yeah, I think you're right there. Uh, I'm I'm with you. And um, so you had Kyle Tucker four, is that right? Yes. 
Yeah, and I have him in this tier as well. I mean, yeah, like he's just a really good hitter. Uh, his K rate is decreasing and walk walk rate increasing year after year. When you look at you know his Fangraphs page, I mean it's, that's awesome. Uh, his average dipped a bit last year, um, but like he had twenty five stolen bases, which you know kind of like Judge's stolen bases. It surprised me a bit to see him steal that many. Um, I think the one thing that I think is interesting about this Astros lineup, they got Jose Jose Abreu you know, from the White Sox and interested, interested to see if Kyle Tucker will move up in the order because he's often batting like fifth or sixth. So if he could bat second or third, that would obviously help. Um, probably only a matter of time before he moves up, but this lineup's so good. I mean, and they're winning <laughs> World Series. Like, does it, do they need to mess with it? So that's the one thing that might hurt his counting stats slightly. But again, I'm, I'm nitpicking here. He's in this tier as well, but I have him at like a couple spots lower than you. Yeah, I mean, again, like his spot in the lineup is more important just in terms of uh, number of plate appearances than it is in yeah. terms of the run production numbers because no matter where you hit in this lineup, there's going to be uh, players on base in front of you. There's going to be guys behind you that can drive you in. So, uh, like, he's still like going to be hitting in the middle of a terrific lineup even if he stays in that fifth spot. Um, to me, I just look at it as like, his batting average last year, it's just what I was saying about Juan Soto. Same idea with him. His BABIP was 261 last year. It had been over 300 the three previous seasons. So, like, I expect his batting average to jump back up. And, mm-hmm. you know, especially since his K rate, second year in a row, down under 16%, which is very good. So, he's making a lot of contact. He still hits the ball very hard. Um, you know, he, he, the runs were not that high last year at 71. And you could say that's because he's just hitting fifth, but I think it's also because he wasn't on base as much uh, because of mm-hmm. that BABIP, you know? So if he's getting on base more again, I think the runs are naturally going to shoot back up. I mean, at 83 the previous year. Or so I think that's a reasonable number. He could probably go even higher than that. And the RBIs, he was at 107 last year. So even if he's hitting fifth, he's going to be driving in a ton of runs. Um, yeah, I just, the steals, 25 last year. Maybe that's like on the high end. But uh, again, I mean, he had eight steals in 58 games in 2020. So maybe the 14 in 140 games uh, in 2021 is a little more of the outlier. Maybe he is really, a, uh, I think he's a 20 steal guy. Uh, you know, so 30 homer, 20 steal, solid batting average uh, in the 280 range, I think is possible and tons of counting uh, runs and RBIs. So yeah. I really do love Kyle Tucker. Kind of like with Julio Rodriguez, looking at the projection systems, you know, for, for Julio, it was like anywhere between 20 and 30 stolen bases, which is a big range. And then for Kyle Tucker, it's between 17 and 24, which is, again, a decent range. And I've, you know, just heard some other people kind of speculating, and I tend to agree, like, if he is batting behind guys like Abreu and Jordan Alvarez, then and he has those guys on base in front of him, he won't have anywhere to go. You know, he won't be able to steal as much and have the opportunities. But if he were batting second or third he would so well he stole 25 bases last year though (laughs) he did (laughs) yeah i mean he just got an additional old man in front of him in a bray yeah you know i I think that's i I don't think that's gonna have that big an impact um you know for me if anything like if i was gonna change my tiers at all like julio rodriguez and kyle tucker are the two that i could see putting in the top tier with judge and acuna because for me alvarez soto and Betts are all very good players but like you, they're not going to give you the, the same level of steals. So, yep. again, we're coming at this from a Roto categories perspective. In a points league, it's it's a different matter entirely. Um, but from a Roto categories perspective, I feel like there's a path for Rodriguez and Tucker to be uh, 
you know, truly elite um, in terms of uh, th- that format because uh, they can be the five category guys. Whereas, you know, Betts and Soto give you a little bit in the stolen bases category, but not um, not a yeah. ton. And then Alvarez is kind of a, a zero there, basically. I mean, yeah. not you know, um, but he, but he's he's basically Aaron Judge without the steals, you know. So I couldn't put him in the same tier as Judge, but like he is. Uh, just a complete masher, four-category monster. Yep, absolutely. And so what I did with Alvarez is, again, he's still like a first-round pick for me, but he's like a late first-rounder. And I put him in a tier with Mike Trout, who I have at eight, who, again, much older, um, but he's not stealing bases anymore either. you know. And so if Trout can stay healthy, like he hit 40 home runs in 119 games last year. you know. So like both of these guys have like triple crown potential. Um, and Alvarez himself, I mean, he's young, but like he's dealt with, he's got like a knee issue. He's already got a hand issue that he should be fine. Like he should be in spring training soon, but like he's dealt with some injuries himself. Like we've seen it from trout for like 12 years, you know, he's been in the majors. So I'm not saying that Alvarez is like, you know, just going to get hurt, but I think that's why, like, I've just kind of moved him down in a tier with trout. Cause I mean, trout to me, if he's there at the end of the first round, I might take him over some of these other positions as well. Like I might take Trout over a Vlad Jr. or a Freddie Freeman just because I think I have other first basemen I might like, and I just want to get one of these top outfielders. And I, I, I'm throwing Trout in that mix, but in a tier a little bit below these Kyle Tuckers, Julio Rodriguez's. Yeah, I mean, I, I have him in the next tier down as well, um, but I don't think he belongs in the same tier with Alvarez personally just because uh, two reasons, really. One, I, I at this stage of their respective careers, I trust Alvarez more in terms of batting average. Um, I, I just think, uh, he, you know, he's coming off a year where he hit 306 and had an 18.9% K rate. Uh, whereas, um, Trout hit 283 with a 27.9% K rate. I like, we've really seen, uh, Trout's strikeout rate increase the last mm-hmm. two seasons. And to me, I know he hit 333 in 36 games in 2021, but that's that's a real small sample. His BABIP was 456. I mean, like he's I don't think he's a 300 hitter anymore. I guess is where I come down on it. Um, so there's that, and then there's just the the lineup. I mean, like I, I just think the run production numbers are going to be better for Alvarez um, than they are for Trout. So I agree about the power. I mean, uh, you know, Trout might even have a little more power than Alvarez, but I think the uh, the run production numbers and the batting average are going to tilt uh, towards Alvarez, and that's why I've got him a tier ahead of Trout. Okay. Well, I mean, I've got I've got Alvarez right above him. I mean, I have him – I group him a little bit more because, I mean, Trout's a, th- you know, career 300 hitter. I see what you're saying. Like, you know, he, he has batted below 300, you know, three of the last four years, and, like, that is a small sample when you look at last year because of the injuries. So, there, Trout has his issues. I just think when I'm in a draft, I think if I'm staring down Mike Trout at the number 12 pick, you know – in a 12-team league, I'm probably taking him there as one of my bookend kind of picks. So I, I lumped him in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's definitely, like, <laughs> no no shame in drafting Mike Trout. I mean, like, and again, given the state of this position, I agree. I think he's, like, an early second-round kind of pick. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, I have Michael Harris in a tier with Trout, though. So mm. that that's something we, we can discuss. But first, <laughs> we should just touch real briefly on – Mookie Betts, uh, who we did talk about on the second base show, um, but uh, honestly, like you know, he's not—he's not the big stolen base guy he used to be, and he's not maybe the big batting average guy that he used to be either. Uh, although we'll see about that. I mean, I know it's two straight years where he's hit under two seventy, but his K rate is right in line 
um, with previous seasons where he hit 295, 346, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So um, I think I think he could see his batting average jump back up. Um, the power is bigger now than it ever was before, honestly. Last year, career high, 35 home runs. And he scored 117 runs in only 142 games, which is crazy. I mean, like, it's just it's nice being in the Dodgers lineup there. So, yeah, um, it's a lot to like about bats, of course. And that Dodger lineup, I mean, while it it looks not as good this year, you know, they lost Justin Turner, um, they lost Trey Turner, they lost Bellinger to a lesser extent, you know, but like maybe Muncie will be better, and like really the top half of that order, like I have no concerns about bets. Just you know, having a great year um man you mentioned that 2018 season 346 good grief (laughs) jumps off the page doesn't it (laughs) i mean he's just a great player and he's still only 30 so it's like i don't i don't see a major decline i you know he probably could still steal a bunch of bases if he wanted to yeah well let's let's go on to talk about michael harris i know you love him we talked about him a lot last year the last couple months of the season um, I do. I have him at number nine. He's at a new tier for me, so I do have Trout, you know, above him and in that tier with Alvarez, like I said. And then I have Michael Harris in sort of like this round two tier, with really just a bunch of other guys who are, you know, have like power and speed. Uh, so I have Michael Harris. I have Randy Rosarena, Cedric Mullins, and Luis Robert. So, but I mean, really, we can talk about all these guys. Uh, maybe you can tell me what your tier looks like. I'm guessing it's a little bit different because I think as we go through the outfielders, we're just going to have some different names here. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so yeah, I mean, I just, I I trust Harris more than I trust those, those, well, that's, that's not exactly true. I trust Cedric Mullins. I just, I think Cedric Mullins and Randy Rosarena don't have the same level of upside that Michael Harris has. And I think Luis Robert has a lot more risk than Michael Harris has. So yeah, like to me, I understand that you could make the case that they're like similar profile of player, but I have those guys in a lower tier along with uh, Kyle Schwarber and Adalas Garcia. So those are, that's a tier for me going from 10 to 15, but you know, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of people like kind of betting against, uh, Michael Harris and I just don't think that's a smart bet to make <laughs> like I mean this is a guy who um, he just he seems to have the mentality uh, like nothing's too big for him you know what I mean like he just stepped right in and uh, was and just calmly started performing from day one um, you know you could say like his 361 BABIP was high but he had a 364 BABIP in double A mm-hmm. uh, he had a 349 BABIP uh in in high A the previous season so like he's been a high BABIP guy he's got a lot of speed so that might be part of it um yeah i mean he hit for an average he hit for average in the minors he hit for average in the majors he uh hit for power in the minors hit for power in the majors stole bases in the minors stole bases in the majors like I, I just like he's performed at every level when he's uh, when he's gotten the opportunity and it hasn't it's been from day one you know what I mean so yeah. like I, I just basically take the numbers he did last year and I think like sure maybe he's not going to hit 297 again but he's going to be a, a good performer in batting average and and I think the the other numbers you can basically just extrapolate them over uh, an additional 40 games and uh, that's going to be some really big numbers so um, I feel like uh, that puts him to me in a different category than like a, a Randy or Rosarena who um, 
did steal 32 bases last year, but like he only stole 20 the year before. So I could I could see that coming back down. The batting average is not going to be as high as Harris's. I don't think um, the power is what it is. It's you know he's a 20 homer guy. Um, maybe that's where Harris settles in too. But he hit 19 in 114 games. So like he could be a 25 homer guy. He could even be a 30 homer guy if he continues to develop the power. So. Um, I just see much more of a ceiling there. Um, Mullins, same idea. Like he's a good player, but we, the flaws are apparent. You know, like, um, like I think what he did in 2021 was not repeatable, and what he did last year is kind of more indicative of who he is as a player, which is still yeah. very good. But I mean, 260 batting average, you know, 15 homers, 30 steals, that kind of profile. Yeah, and, and I mean, I I think I think we're saying similar things. I think you just. You're looking at Harris as, you know, ceiling play, you know, as, as having a lot more upside and these guys sort of are what they are, which, and that's fine. Like, I think I'm just looking at these guys in the same tier because I can get, you know, 20 home runs and maybe 30 stolen bases from each of these guys. I agree that like Harris might have a little more average upside. Um, Cedric Mullen, you know, Cedric Mullins in a points league, like he's had six over 600 at bats each of the last two years. He'll bat lead off for an Orioles team that is, is improving. You know, they're, these young guys are getting... Are, are getting good you know Rutschman played almost a full basically like a full season last year Santander had a good year we'll we'll talk about him and Austin Hayes and guys like that maybe a bit later if we get to him um but yeah like I just see them all as having power and speed and I think I will I'll try to get one of these guys I'm fine if, if one of these guys is my first outfielder say if all those top guys are, are off the board in round one if I'm at the end of round one and I don't get one and maybe I draft you know a third baseman or First baseman, go somewhere else uh, with one of these other positions. I'm fine with one of these guys being my number one outfielder and having like some some five category production from one of these guys. Yeah, that's fair. I'm I'm actually fine with that too. Um, you know, if I'm if I'm checking off the boxes of these other shallow positions with the first three picks and taking a third baseman, taking a, a second baseman, uh, maybe even a first baseman. Um, then, then sure, like a guy like a Rosarena or a Mullins in like maybe the I don't know what the fifth round or something like that would be uh, a solid pick. I yeah, think. Their, their ADP um, like Harris's ADP is thirty, a Rosarena forty, and then uh, Robert and Mullins are sort of forty six to fifty range. So yeah, yeah, and the ESPN uh, we're looking at Fantasy Pros ADP and ESPN's numbers are kind of skewing a lot of that because <laughs> they they have some really <laughs> weird. Oh, that's true. Uh, ADP numbers. Like they have Harris going 67th and they have a Rosarena going 87th. Um, Kyle Schwarber going 48th, you know? So like things like that are affecting it, but big picture. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think that the ADP difference should be sizable between Harris and those other guys. Um, the, I guess Robert is the polarizing one because yeah, he's got the ceiling, but he, he's the one to me that feels extremely risky too. I mean, like, he just he has not played a hundred games in a season yet in his career. Uh, right, he's now twenty five years old. He's been in the majors since twenty twenty. Now you could say twenty twenty was the COVID year, so there nobody played a hundred games. And <laughs> uh, sure, but the fact remains: like this guy has had trouble staying on the field. Like you see a path to like Julio Rodriguez numbers from him, mm-hmm. um, but you also see a path to like you know him sitting on the IL the whole season. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And that's why he's at the bottom of this tier for me. But I do think, like, his ADP now is a little bit more, you know, 
easier to stomach because I'm looking like last year his ADP was in round two, you know, and now it's, you know, round five or something, four or five. So, again, I'd be fine taking him here as my first outfielder. There's definitely some risk here, and I think as you're building at your team, um, I, I mean, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Like, I'm looking at his batting average in 2021 was 338. I mean, it was just 68 games, but that's a decent sample. Like, he could be he could be Julio Rodriguez with a 300 average. I mean, or maybe he could be like his teammate Tim Anderson. Like, he could be a really good player if he could just play like 140 games. So, we'll see. Maybe this is the year, or maybe he's just like that, you know, Byron Buxton type player who always gets hurt. We'll talk about him in a little bit too. Um, I have him in a, in a tier or two down, but he's, in a, you know, there's some exciting players with injury risks, and I think that's what we were talking about sort of at the top of the show. Like, I really want to get one of those first round guys. And then maybe I don't even draft any of these guys we're talking about here for the next 20 minutes or so. And then I'm firing off on some of the guys we talk about at the end of the show. That's sort of what I'm, I'm looking at as far as draft strategy. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the problem with Luis Robert, though, right? Because the fact that he is such a boomer bust kind of a player, like at a position um, where the bottom falls out pretty quickly, it's mm-hmm. you might rather take a safer guy like a Rosarina or Mullins just because you can get boomer bust guys late. Um, but you can't get kind of safe top 50 kind of hitters uh, late. Um, I do have Adalas Garcia and Kyle Schwarber in a tier with these guys, though. Um, okay. Because, you know, for me, like I said, I just think I, I just think the ceiling is not um, as high for Rosarena and Mullins um, and then the risk with, uh, with Robert. So, uh, you know, I think Adalas Garcia, like, he's a guy people would probably say is risky, too. But the reality is he's had two really good seasons in a row. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, so at what point do we just – start to um, respect that a little bit. Like, it sort of reminds me of I, um, Javi Baez uh, because, like, people were very slow to warm to Javi Baez uh, because, you know, he struck out a lot. He had a lot yeah. of swing and miss in his game and things like that. Um, but, again, in Roto Categories Leagues, this is not for points leagues, but Roto Categories <laughs> Leagues, you know, Adalas Garcia was, uh, you know, a top uh, – 21 outfielder uh or i'm sorry a top 21 player yeah he <laughs> last was, season yeah he was easily uh, a top and yeah. and the year before he was uh you know a top uh 50 hitter and a top 15 outfielder so like those are good numbers those are very good numbers and um you know he's 30 this year uh that's right in the prime of your career um i just i don't know i sort of feel like uh the fact that he did he's done this two years in a row it's like that magic rule when they do it two years in a row maybe you should start to trust it a little more yeah one more and that's a winning streak you know as they say in major league or in, i don't know in life <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i i have i have garcia a bit lower um i have him at 19 but i i definitely couldn't drop him out of my top 20 because you know like you said last two years he's been solid he's been a top 20 outfielder so i didn't want to drop him out of there but like yeah, the average is going to be low, and like you said, in in points leagues versus roto, there's there's a difference. But we are talking roto. He's 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 put up the numbers, and yeah, like he could be. I mean, the projections are are showing him as sort of like 25, 30 home run guy, maybe twenty stolen bases. But he he stole twenty five last year. So just like Kyle Tucker and some of these other guys we're talking about, like who's to say he won't steal twenty five again? And like those five stolen bases could mean a lot. So yeah, he's not in this tier for me. I do have. Schwarber, uh, sort of like next on my list um, after those guys I was talking about. I do have Schwarber at 13 in a new tier. 
And yeah, I, I love Schwarber. I mean, he was a distant second in home runs to judge, like I said. Um, but yeah, like he's just, he also stole 10 bases somehow. Um, it's weird. You look at his numbers and it's like, okay, Schwarber just decided he could run and <laughs> said, I'm going to steal 10 bases. I'd be interested to see, like, I don't watch a ton of Phillies games. I don't know how all those stolen bases happen, but yeah, he's going to hurt you in average. Um, we've seen it be better than it was last year. So like, maybe he won't kill you in average. Maybe he'll bat 250. Um, so I don't know. What, what do you think about Schwarber? Like, I love like getting a big home run hitter, uh, someone who can hit 45, 50 home runs here, the RBIs, uh, obviously in that Philly Phillies lineup. So I, I have him at 13. Yeah. I mean, I actually have him ranked 10th, um, at the top of this tier, but I don't know. I'm, I, I need to keep thinking about it because you do raise an interesting point about the steals. I mean, those did really come out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I mean, those, that could easily disappear. Um, I think he's the kind of player that might be a little underrated in fantasy just because um, of the runs. Like, he can score a lot of runs Mm -hmm. um, at the top of that Phillies lineup. And, uh, you know, he draws a lot of walks, too. So he gets on base a lot. Like, he's he's a guy that's actually better in a points league. But, uh, like, what he did last year worked just fine in Roto, too, because um, just the amount of runs and RBIs he scored (laughs) was uh, combined with that – 46 home runs I mean that's like that's a three category monster even if he doesn't steal bases so yeah if you think he's gonna go over 90 runs over 90 RBIs and over 40 homers again like it doesn't really matter that much if he steals it doesn't really matter that much what his batting average is he's still gonna be a really valuable player you know I think people have a bias towards more even production so um, that could cause him to maybe be a little bit of a value potentially, although apparently not in ESPN leagues. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that like, uh, I think the, the, he's a, he's a three category stud and, and I agree about the batting average, like 218 to me feels on the low end. Like I know he also struggled in the COVID year, but like generally speaking, like he's probably more of a 230, 240 yeah. hitter. So I would expect something in there. And you mentioned like the top of the order. I mean, he did bat for first a ton last year, 123 times, uh, 123 games. He batted lead off. Now with Trey Turner coming over, you know, roster resource has Turner leading off, but Schwarber second. Um, now they, they may switch it up a little bit, or maybe that's not how it actually plays off plays out. That's just a projection right now. Um, so like his numbers might even even out a little bit more to where he still scores a ton of runs, but maybe he gets even more RBIs, right? And is even even more balanced in those categories. So. I see that as a positive, maybe, where maybe he bats second instead of first. Yeah, second is a really nice spot to be, especially when you're right behind Trey Turner. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't mind that at all. It's not gonna, it's not gonna take that many plate appearances away from him, and it could lead to more RBI opportunities. Oh Although yeah, we already had ni- 94 last year. So uh, when you hit as many home runs as he does, uh, you're gonna have a pretty good RBI total uh, more more often than not. Yep. Okay. Uh, so. Maybe uh, tell me. Uh, you want me to tell you the rest of my tier here, or, or well, I'm curious. Your... I'm curious who who are some of the guys that you have ranked ahead of Adolis Garcia. Okay, so that like this tier I have um, that doesn't have Adolis Garcia in it. I have Schwarber at the top of it. Then I have Eloy Jimenez, Corbin Carroll, Byron Buxton, and George Springer. And I know you're going to wow. fight me on George Springer. Um, I'm going to fight you on a lot of those. Actually, that's fine. <laughs> say, say that list again. <laughs> so I have Schwarber, Eloy. Corbin Carroll, Byron Buxton, and George Springer. So, well, I mean, the guy I'm going to fight you the most on in, of that group is Byron Buxton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because, I mean, how many times are we going to get fooled by this guy? 
Like, I, it's I, I know he's a talented player, but like he just cannot stay healthy. And I, I like betting on him staying healthy is, you know, it's like betting on a warm day in Antarctica or something. I mean, it's just not a good bet to make. Um, yeah. So like uh, for me, he's lower. Like he's not in this tier. I actually have the other three guys. Um, now for me, this is a tier going from fifteen to twenty. So this is be, you know well below Adalas Garcia for me. Um, but I do have Corbin Carroll at the top of this tier because of his his potential upside. Yeah. Um, and I have George Springer in the tier. I'm not generally a George Springer guy, okay. but like it adds up. Like you yeah. know the the production adds up to being a top twenty fantasy outfielder. So I have him at seventeen. Uh, and I do have you know I love Eloy Jimenez. Um, oh yeah. And you could say the same thing about him as Buxton, I guess. But I and just Robert. think like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I feel like Jimenez, like, I don't know. I'm not quite as convinced <laughs> that he can't stay healthy as I am about Buxton because it's just been long. It's been happening for longer with Buxton. I mean, Buxton has been in, in the major since 2015, and he yeah. has one season with more than 92 games. I mean, that's just crazy. Uh, <laughs> and I do like, think there's a path with Eloy where he could just DH and maybe stay healthier. Like, that's, I hope that that's what happens with him. And, like, I don't know. I'd have to look at, you know, again, roster resource, see, we'll have to see how spring training, you know, shakes out who's in the outfield, but it would be great if he just DHs and you can still play him at outfield and he hits 40 home runs. And basically you're getting a Jordan Alvarez type player, you know, four rounds later or something. So yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the comp that, you know, it's like if Alvarez is a poor man's judge, then Eloy is a poor yep. man's uh, Alvarez. So yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm willing to, I'm willing to take a shot on, on Eloy Jimenez again this year, even though, uh, it was very disappointing last year. Um, but yeah, Corbin Carroll, I mean, you know, he's just, uh, I guess the one concern I, um, I always hear in the CBS guys talking about him and, uh, how, you know, uh, the double A and triple A affiliates for the Diamondbacks are extremely hitter friendly ballparks. Right. So that could have bumped up his numbers a little bit but I mean let's not overthink this he's like an elite prospect mm -hmm. um who had 27 homers and stole 33 bases uh, last year uh, between double AA, a triple and the majors um and you know it's not unusual to see the the strikeout rate rise once you get called up to the big leagues um but like he's definitely got that five category potential um so like there's a there's a path where he's like the next Julio Rodriguez yeah, for sure. And like he didn't like a lot of guys, you know, they get their little cup of coffee, whatever. He played 32 games. A lot of guys fall flat on their face. And like, you know, he batted 260 and he had four home runs, a couple stolen bases. Like, yeah, I mean, that's to me like that's promising. You know, we saw guys like Gunnar Henderson at the end of last year and he couldn't hit lefties. And, you know, just like Corbin Carroll, I know that ranking him like 15th is pretty aggressive. Like, I will admit that. But I it's got all, him there too. Yeah, and like it's interesting. You have Springer at seventeen. I have Springer right at seventeen too. So like we do agree on some of these guys. So yeah, Buxton is the one where I mean I know like the average was really bad last year, but I see the twenty eight home runs and just ninety two games, and I just you know I daydream about like an actual season where he plays one hundred and forty games, uh, <laughs> and yeah, maybe that's silly. Again, I don't want Byron Buxton as my like first outfielder, right? Like this would be like if the value is there and maybe I draft him as my second outfielder and I'm going to fire on more guys later anyway, and I'm okay if Byron Buxton and, and maybe like if I'm in a 10 team league, I'm more comfortable taking a Buxton cause you're getting even better value and you can take more shots and 
you know, there's plenty of outfielders on the waiver wire and stuff like that. So I don't know. I just think Buxton has this upside to be a top 20. I mean, he has upside to be higher, but yeah, I, I, I didn't want to yeah, rank him too much so. lower than I, like I, Luis Robert. Yeah. I mean, I feel like his upside isn't quite as high though, as it, as it used to be. Um, and that's mostly because the steals have come way down. I mean, last year he only stole six bases in 92 games. Yeah. So th- that's not a lot. Uh, the strikeout rate, jumped over 30% last year. So that 224 batting average was not all bad luck. I mean, mm-hmm. like yeah. when you have a, a K rate over 30%, you're going to be a batting average drain. So like I I think, and, and the 28 home runs, like, I don't know, man, that doesn't really feel sustainable, you know? Like, um, sure, maybe he could get 30 home runs in a full season, um, which he never plays, but like, uh, <laughs> but he's not going to hit at that pace. Like he's not going to have a, a 45 50 home run season like that's that's not going to happen so I actually believe the the strikeout rate and the batting average drop and the stolen base drop more than I believe the power spike well I guess if I'm comparing him to like Garcia who again we, we started this list a little bit of conversation in this tier about Adolis Garcia and I think I, I would take Buxton over him just because like I see both of them hitting 240 250 and I just think you know, I do think Buxton could hit 30, 35 home runs, and I don't necessarily see that from Garcia. Maybe Garcia will steal, steal a few more bases. Um, but yeah, you know, it's tomato, tomato. It's, uh, it's, we're getting into pre- preference here, I think, with some some of these guys. Yeah, well, I mean, how many home runs did Adalas Garcia hit in uh, 2021, though? I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. 25? Uh, he hit 31. Oh, okay. Well, 27 last year. So, you know, okay. I think, I don't know. I, I think the home runs between the two of them is probably, I mean, again, this is assuming that Buxton actually played a full season, which he never does. But if he played <laughs> yeah. a full season, I would say uh, the home run uh, tally between them would be pretty comparable. I mean, like, I just don't believe the pace Buxton hit at last year. Like, that doesn't fit with his career profile. So, I think he's maybe a 30 homer guy. And I think, uh, uh, you know, Garcia is probably a 30 homer guy. Um, and, and I think Garcia is the better bet for steals at this point between the two of them. And he's certainly the better health bet. Well, anyone but, else you okay, have in your, enough any, of it. Yeah. Anyone else you have in your top 20 here? We're about 45 minutes in. I know we want to get to a lot of outfielders today. <sighs> yeah. Uh, well, okay. So I have Starling Marte at, at 16 and okay. I know like he's old now and he doesn't steal as many bases as he used to. Uh, but I still think he's a good bet to go 20-20 and hit for a plus batting average. And that Mets lineup is pretty good, too. So uh, I think he could be sneaky valuable. Um, you know, there's that ageism bias against him, and I think that could yeah. be a buying opportunity for him. Yeah, if he were younger, he'd be up in that tier with, like, Cedric Mullins, uh, you know, for me. But, yeah, at, at 34, I think what you said is probably right, like 2020. Um, he's I have him 21st, so I'm not too much lower uh, on him than you, but he's – He's down in a tier with some other guys. Let me just let me rattle off a few names for you because I have a big tier here. Unless you have anyone okay. else in that top, I have 20. two more guys in my top twenty. Um, okay, let's see. Who T. Oscar got? Hernandez, I have at nineteen. Okay, and Brian Reynolds, I have at twenty. And uh, I'm with they're you. very different players. I mean, T. Oscar Hernandez was the number one fantasy outfielder in twenty twenty one, and uh, you know his numbers were down last year, but he still finishes the 16th ranked outfielder which is pretty solid um now he's got to go to seattle so that that definitely um hurts in terms of home ballpark and and supporting cast and all of that but i think he's just a pretty dynamic hitter so i like i like hernandez and then reynolds is boring um but (laughs) 
Like he would be more interesting if he ever got out of Pittsburgh. Um, Absolutely, because yeah. like the run production numbers just are never going to be that great there, and that hurts a guy like Reynolds because he's not a standout in any uh, other category. But um, he's just like this. He's just that boring but steady contributor who just chips in everywhere, high floor, low ceiling. Like I don't think he has much chance at all of being a top twelve outfielder, but I think he's got a very good chance of being a top twenty four guy. Yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, I have I have Brian Reynolds starting a new tier with a bunch of these guys, but I have Reynolds at 18 and Hernandez at 20. So I'm right there with you with these guys and totally agree on Reynolds. Like, I mean, I was looking at fantasy data sorted by Yahoo uh, where they finished and Reynolds was top 10 in 2021 and top 20 last year. And I'm like, how did he do that with his numbers? I mean, I'm sure he's better in points leagues like he plays. And so I don't play in any points leagues, but we always kind of reference some of these guys, like I'm sure Cedric Mullins is too. Um, but yeah, um, I'm I'm with you on those two guys. Let me give you some names. Who else I have in this tier? Because now I'm getting in. We're getting into like 21, 22, 23, and again, I'm sure we'll have some different names here. But so Starling Marte is my 21. I already mentioned uh, Garcia was 19. So I also have Dalton Varsho, who we talked about in the catcher episode. I put him in here, and that really, I mean. You could play him at outfielder, but you'll probably play him at catcher. Um, and then I have Chris Bryant and Giancarlo Stanton here. So curious if you have either of those guys in your top 25. Yeah. So first of all, I put Varsho in in a tier of his own just because like, and I did the same later with MJ Melendez because I just like okay. those guys, you're not drafting them to be outfielders. Like if no. you draft a catcher to be an outfielder, you're doing it wrong. Uh, <laughs> so like, you know, I, I almost would just exclude them from the outfielder rankings. Right. Um, but like, I do think right around 21 is probably where Varsho should go. Uh, you could make a case even a couple spots earlier if you're itching to have a, a, a decent catcher. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm with you on Chris Bryant. I have him at 22, and okay. uh, he's the top of this next tier for me that goes uh, from 22 down all the way uh, to 32. And the the last guy in that tier is Stanton for me. So <laughs> I do have them in the same tier, but okay. at opposite ends of the tier. Um, I'll take it. I, yeah, I mean, I really like Bryant. I, I think, you know, I talk about um, – liking to buy guys coming off of, of down years. And he yep. was injured almost the entire season. So he barely, like all the reasons we were excited about Chris Bryant going to Colorado last season still apply, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and he's not at an age where he can't have a big bounce back, um, you know. So as long as those foot injuries are behind him, uh, I, I really like the upside of him uh, at Coors Field. Yeah, for sure. And I, I will just point one thing out about Bryant. Uh, he's only outfield only now. He he had like first base and third base in Yahoo uh, before, which was really nice. Uh, but like you said, he barely played last year and he only played, I guess, in the outfield. Uh, so he only has that eligibility, but that's fine. It, it is nice to get someone coming off a year like that. Like you said, all that stuff still stands and his ADP is now lower. So like getting guys who are cheaper. Um I'll just say about Stanton real quick. Like I know he's at the end of your tier. He's at the end of this tier. So I have him higher at 24, obviously. Um, like last year when I was writing this up, I said he was like the super poor man's judge, which sounds hilarious now. <laughs> yeah. Um, super poor man's <laughs> judge. But like, you know, he plays at Yankee stadium. Uh, he's getting up there in age. He's got injury history, but like he can produce serious power in that lineup. And, you know, I'm fine with him as like my second outfielder. So that's why I, I kind of put him like at this, 24 range for me and sort of a, a tear break and so maybe maybe he's a tear break for you too because it's like okay if I don't get any of these guys like you're fine like 
there's upside there. Like he's old. I mean, he, getting older, the injury's there, but like he he can put up serious power numbers and he can get hot in the summer. And so I don't know. I just I like Stanton. Like he could also play 50 games and be hurt, but like that's fine. Like I'll I'll replace him if that happens, and if it doesn't, I might get like a top 15 outfielder. Yeah, no, I I don't hate Stanton by any means, but I do. For me, I have him at I guess it would be more of a third outfielder. I've got him at 32. Yeah. Um, but again, in that tier, because I agree about obviously the power and the uh, RBI opportunities uh, in the Bronx, um, batting average should come up some. I mean, it was two eleven last year, which was an outlier for him. Yeah. But the K rate did rise, so I, you know it went over thirty percent, which is always going to send off alarm bells for me, uh, especially as players are aging. Sometimes yeah. they do start to strike out more often, so. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to go back to hitting 270, 280. That doesn't seem very likely. I think, hopefully, you hope he hits like 240, I think, and stays healthy. And those are the two questions for me because you know he's offering nothing in steel. So, um, but yeah, you know, I also like him more in a in a shallower league, like a 10 or 12 team league where there's some, uh, there'll always be some options you can ride the hot hand with off the waiver wire and things like that. Cause like Stanton will probably miss you know 30 40 games uh i think that that's that's definitely or at least 20 you know for maintenance purposes so yeah um, i think you kind of bake that in to the price with him and i think especially if you're drafting guys like this like robert and eloy and stanton and some of these guys who have injury history then yeah like that's why i say i'm gonna fire off and and probably in a three outfielder league i'll definitely have four outfielders i might even have five depending on if i draft like one or two of these guys who i'm worried about you know or draft Mm -hmm. some guys with multiple position eligibility one of which is outfielder so yeah i'm curious who you have in this big tier then going from okay yeah down to it's like a 32. big one so uh yeah. hold your breath for a second here okay uh <laughs> i have chris bryant at 22 i have byron buxton at 23 who we talked about tyler o'neill at 24 so for me those three guys are like the upside plays i guess in this tier hmm. um then i have ahmad rosario who we talked about in the shortstop episode boring but um you know chips in everywhere uh, Taylor Ward, uh, who kind of yeah. had a uh, great start and then got, uh, I guess, head and neck injuries and then really struggled badly when he came back in the middle of the season and then finished strong. So mm-hmm. um, it's hard to know exactly what to expect for, from him. Uh, Christian Yelich, who's uh, a, you know not, not the player that he once was, but he still chips in some homers and some steals uh, and plays in a, in a good hitting environment. Uh, Tyro Estrada, who... Uh, we talked about in the second base and shortstop episodes, um, but uh, you know he's a guy. He's got that positional versatility, which is nice, and uh, kind of came out of nowhere. But it, you know, I could see him repeating what he did last year. Mm-hmm. Joey Manessas also came out of nowhere, um, but uh, you know he's thirty years old. But sometimes we see these late bloomers, you know. So I'm intrigued by him, Jake McCarthy. Uh, same thing, kind of came out of nowhere, but he <laughs> stole bases, and I, I think he could continue to do that at the very least. Uh, Hunter Renfro, uh, good bet for thirty home runs, yep. um, and then Stanton. Okay, so I'll get. Let me give you a rundown of like sort of who I have in this tier as well, and then maybe a name or two I didn't hear. So I'm with you, like Taylor Ward. I, I agree there. Jake McCarthy, that's 26 and 27 for me. Uh, McCarthy in 99 games, batted 283 with eight homers, 23 steals. Um, definitely trust the speed more than the power. Like, the power might not – like, he might not even hit eight home runs. I don't know. But, like, the steals, 
you know, we talked about, I forget what episode it was, but I was talking about how I really like this Arizona lineup. I think they're building something there. I don't know if they're going to be really good this year, but maybe next year. Uh, they just, I don't know, there's a lot to like there. Um, so, yeah, I like McCarthy. Um, Tyler O'Neill, you have him at 24, I think I heard. I yeah. Him at, I have him at 30. I, so, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't think I'm going to get Tyler O'Neill. I think you're maybe more in line with ADP. I'm a little bit lower. Like, that 2021 season he had was great. And, like, the power feels there. But, like, I don't, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, like, what he's going to do. Like, I don't I don't think his value in Roto Leagues is going to be great if he's just, like, power and the batting average is bad. Like, maybe he gets back to 2021, but maybe not. And you mentioned Yelich. I have him, again, a bit further down, 32. I just... I don't know, like his MVP numbers from like, that's like five years ago now. So like, I think he is like a 2020 player, but that also might be the ceiling for him. Um, I think he, he might just not be that. I don't know. I just, again, Yelich is not someone I'm super excited about in this area either. And one name that I, you didn't rattle off. And I think he's kind of a boring pick, but I think <laughs> Stephen Kwan, you know, for Cleveland, I think like he should be mentioned here in this tier uh, probably better in points leagues, like we said, you know, talking about like he's probably going to bat lead off for Cleveland and uh, just hit for a super high average. He can be like this young version of Jeff McNeil, and maybe maybe he has a little more stolen base upside. You know, if he gets on base a ton, maybe he steals a few more bases. And but like, yeah, basically like a zero at power. Yeah, I'm significantly lower on Quan uh, from a roto perspective. I, again, like points league, it's different. But roto, yeah. I've got him down at 37. Um, I just. I don't know. You mentioned Jeff McNeil. Like, maybe that's a good comp. But, like, remember what Jeff McNeil, what happened to him when he didn't hit for a super high average? Like, he became completely worthless, you know? So, like, that's the thing about Stephen Kwan. Like, <laughs> I, you look at guys like Luis Arias and guys like that that really depend on their batting average. Like, uh, sometimes they end up finishing ranked high um, mm-hmm. because they do hit, like, 330 or something. But, like... They can just as easily hit 270 and, and be like not usable at all, you know. So that's yeah. that's my worry with Quan. I mean, like the steals too. Like that wasn't really in his. I mean, he had stole some bases in the minors, but like 19 steals feels on the high end from him. Like you know, so I expect that number to come down a little bit, even with the changes happening across the league, uh, and the fact he probably won't even get to 10 home runs. I, I don't know, man. I just. <laughs> There's other guys like in a in a roto categories like I'm just I'm aiming for some category juice. Um, yeah. So I actually like his teammate Oscar Gonzalez uh, just ahead of him. Um, hmm. But uh, I would say as far as you know, Yelich, I agree is boring. I just I don't know. Like he he's kind of like Ahmed Rosario, maybe with a little less batting average, but more power. Um, you know, like it's just it's not it's not exciting, but it it, it pays the fantasy bills. And I've never <laughs> thought of myself as a Tyler O'Neill guy. Like, I'll say that flat out. Like, I was expecting him to struggle after the career year in 2021. 20, uh, like, I was I was out on him last season. Um, but now, after a really rough season, I feel like it's kind of the opposite. And it's like he does have those that category juice potential, you know? So, yeah. um, I, you know, the way I look at it is like uh, – I. I don't think he's going to be good in batting average, but he'll probably be better than 228. Um, and I think the power also is going to come back up. Like 14 home runs last year uh, after 34 the year before. Like, you know, just take the middle. <laughs> take 25 <laughs> home runs with 15 steals, uh, 240 batting average, something like that, and he belongs uh, in this area. 
Yeah, I will just one more thing on Quan because I was just while you're I was thought I'd look up sprint speed and just see like some other names on here who he compares to like has the same sprint speed last year as guys like Cedric Mullins, Taylor Ward, uh, Dansby Swanson. Um, I don't know. Like I, there, there's obviously a ton of other names in here. I'm not gonna like read everyone off, but I'm just he's of all players last year he's a uh, 129th. Um, by the way, number one. Do you know who that is? Corbin Carroll. For sprint speed. Corbin Carroll. Corbin Carroll. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, thirty point seven. Number two is Bubba Thompson, thirty point four. Uh, <laughs> Jose Jose Siri is number three. So these are some guys super late, super deep, who you might want to like in a roto league consider for for steals. Uh, so you Siri. could be like Siri, who finished third in sprint speed in twenty twenty two. Oh man, and another another name. Uh, while we're we can, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but Garrett Mitchell uh, for Milwaukee, he's sixth on the list of all players. So. Speedy guy who, you know, I saw um, Tyrone Thompson uh, is going to be injured uh, in that Milwaukee outfield. Yep. So I, I think Garrett Mitchell, like, has a, has a job there. And I, he's an interesting, like, deep sleeper. Um, I know we have a lot of other guys to get to, but um, just wanted to point that out while I was looking at sprint speed. Makes sense. Um, so I'm around, uh, after that big tier, it takes me down to about Alfred Miller 33. Uh, where, where are we with, is there anyone you have ranked ahead of 33 we haven't talked about yet? Yeah, I've got a couple guys in here who are like, these are kind of boring guys like Nick Castellanos and Anthony Santander. You know, you knew I was going to have Santander up here. Yeah, well, I have Castellanos right at 33, so that's why that made me laugh. But uh, <laughs> I do I, have Santander at 38. 38. Okay, that's fine. You know, I was we, we talked about Santander a bit in this episode last year, and you were giving me crap because I had him ranked ahead of Austin Hayes. And I think you said your former podcast host, uh, Lauren, like she also liked Santander. So yes. it was uh, just, I don't know, it was it was a funny conversation, and now here I am ranking him as a top 30 outfielder. Um, he was my So 60- you're banking on Santander. <laughs> I am. <laughs> uh, what's interesting is I had him ranked as my 68th outfielder last year, so I don't know why you were giving me so much crap. Like, I had him pretty low. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know. I must have had him outside of 100. Though. Yeah, <laughs> I don't but he had, he, had a, he had a good year, and, um, you know, he's a switch hitter, uh, so that – that left field wall doesn't mean as much for him. Uh, he hit 33 home runs, 89 RBIs. Uh, the 240 average wasn't great, but like like I said, this lineup's getting better. Uh, he's he's kind of a boring pick who I'd be fine being like my second outfielder. So that's why he's in my top 30. And then Cassiano's like he's he. There's no way to put it like he had a, he had a down year. Um, but if you look at like his production, I know some of it was in Cincinnati, but like. He was like a 30 home run, 90 run, 90 RBI, like very consistent. And I don't know, like Philly's not a bad place to hit either. So I just, I think he could bounce back. Um, so I don't want Cassianos to fall too far in drafts for me. Where, so And you have him around here too, I guess. Yeah, I've got him right at the top of this tier at, at uh, outfielder 33. I, yeah, I mean, there's not really any good explanation for why he was so bad last season. Um, and he was really bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I guess... It's funny, like I was, I've never really been a big Nick Castellanos guy. So like when he had that career year in 2021, like, uh, you know, I wasn't fully buying a repeat anyway. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't expecting the wheels to fall off quite that much. But um, it, it's just funny how these down years can change things. Because like now I feel like I'm willing to buy yep. Nick Castellanos because uh, coming off, like I, people just, I just think people tend to over, uh, overemphasize individual seasons for good and bad you know mm-hmm. so it's like uh he had a really 
great season in 2021 that was better than he usually is. And he had a really bad season last year that's worse than he usually is. Uh, so let's just expect him to be what he usually is. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. if you look at what he was in 2018, he had 298, 23 homers, 89 RBIs. Uh, 2019, 289, 27 homers. Uh, RBIs were a little down, but I had 100 runs. You know, like, that's what he is. He's going to hit for a, a, I think, he's probably going to hit 280, 290. He's going to hit mid-20s in homers. He's going to have decent RBI and run totals. So, uh, like, I think he's... You know, he's a fine player. Like, I have him ranked kind of where I would have had him ranked maybe before that 2021 breakout. Yeah, and I think especially these guys like who have track records like him and some of these other veterans, yeah, like, buy him off of a down year. Like, that's I love doing that uh, in Santander's case. Like, you're you're paying a premium. Like I said, like, I have him ranked now 30 spots higher. I probably am not drafting him this year. I'll probably let someone else take him because – that was a career high in home runs, you know? That was a career high in RBIs, runs. Uh, you know, his batting average is about what I would expect. So I don't know that, like, that might be his ceiling. So I don't know that you want to just yeah. draft. Like, I, w- I wouldn't take him at probably his ADP. That's just kind of where I'm ranking him. But, like, he also might be a little worse than that. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm just looking at the ADP now. And, again, like, ESPN is skewing it because they have him uh, at 74th, which is really high. That is. But... I mean, his ADP, according to Fantasy Press, is ahead of Yelich, McCarthy, Chris Bryant, Ward, uh, Castellanos, Rosario. Those are Renfro. Those are all guys that I've ranked ahead of him. So yeah. um, I'm definitely, yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like for Santander, I'm never going to be a Santander guy. I mean, last year to me was a best case scenario for him. Um, and it's still like, it was good, um, but it's it wasn't like outstanding, you know? Um, so. Uh, I think like he was just barely uh, a top 100 overall player last season while hitting 33 home runs. So yeah. I'm just not going to get carried away with that. I think like people see 30 home runs and they they get excited, but uh, he doesn't really chip in anywhere else other than that. Well, you mentioned Renfro. Like I, he's an interesting name. I have him at 35th. You have him a little higher, I think. But like he's going yeah. over. Yeah, he's going over to LA to the Angels. Uh, he's hit 25, at least 25 home runs, and every season he's played at least 100 games and 29 in each of his last three full seasons. So, like, I mean, he's 31. Like, you, again, track record. You know what you're getting with him. I think he's going to be a really nice value pick uh, in the middle to late of drafts that people just are going to look at him like, eh, I guess I'll take Hunter Renfro here. And, like, he'd be a fine second outfielder even. You know, like, he, he'll he produce like he has. So I don't expect him not to. So, like, I like that pick. And I like Mitch Hanniger in a similar area. I don't know how far down you have him if, he's, if we're getting to Mitch Hanniger territory for you. But, like... He uh, no, I have him right next to Santander at 39. Like, okay. to me, so the difference to me between Renfro and the other two is, like, I feel confident in Renfro. Like, yeah. I feel confident that he is going to hit 30 home runs, uh, you know, or thereabouts. Like, he's hit uh, 26 in 2017, 26 in 2018, 33 2019, 8 in 42 games in 2020, 31 2021, 29 in 2022. Like, he does it. Over yeah. and over again, you just know he's going to do it. Agreed. Uh, the batting average is like fine. It's not great, but it's mm-hmm. fine. It will be comparable to Santander. So, yeah. like, basically, I'm just like, you know, they're going to be comparable in the batting average. And Renfro, like, you can put it down. He's going to hit 30 homers. I don't think you can do that with Santander based on one season. So, like, that's why they're in separate tiers for me. And then Hanniger, it's just a matter of the health. I mean, like, yeah, he's had so many injuries. Like. You know, he's basically like 
Luis Robert in in the <laughs> lower tier in terms of the injuries or Byron Buxton. Like these guys are just snake bitten. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, Eloy Jimenez, all these guys. You know, like that. So yeah, I mean, I know I know Haniger had that that thirty nine homer season in twenty twenty one, but um, I don't know. I, I part of it is just like. I, I know he did he did play a decent number of games from 2018 to 2021, but he had injuries at the beginning of his career. Yeah. He's now 32, um, so I just think that's a factor for him. But if he stays healthy, like I I could I feel more confident in him hitting 30 homers than I do Santander. And he's going to San Francisco. Bats sometimes wake up there. I don't know. Like, and he had a good he had a good 2018 too. Like he he played 157 games. He had 26 home runs, 90 runs, 93 RBIs, uh, batted. 285 so career high he had a, he, he's had a couple good seasons mixed in with a ton of injuries like you said so um yeah maybe i need to drop him down a little bit just with the injury but i could he's someone i could see drafting him late again maybe your third outfielder but he actually puts up like you know top 25 uh you know numbers so i, li- I like yeah, i might actually move him up I, I i think i'm gonna move him ahead of santander um just thinking about it but they're very close for me yep um so this tier for me is just like a it like it's a it's a tier of all different kinds of players, but they're all they they all have some obvious question mark or drawback. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's um, starting at thirty three. It's Castellanos, uh, Masataka Yoshida, who we haven't yeah. talked about yet. Yeah. Uh, Saya Suzuki. So I got two two Japanese players in a row. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez, who I mentioned, I have one spot ahead of Stephen Kwan, and then Haniger, Santander, and Ian Happ. And uh, you know. There's something with all these guys. With Castellanos, we talked about it, like coming off a terrible year. Yoshida uh, coming from Japan, we just don't know what to expect, really. Yeah. Uh, Suzuki came over from Japan last year and was okay, but uh, a little disappointing. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez, like, just, he just, um, you know, has a limited track record, I guess you could say. But he's a guy I've always just liked the skill set. Yeah. and uh, I'm excited to see what he can do uh, at 25 years old. Um, and then Hap, I've never been a Hap guy, um, but like it's he's another one of these guys where it's kind of like you know with Springer. I'm not a, really a Springer guy, but the numbers <laughs> add up <laughs> to being right to have him. him. Yeah. Like Hap, the numbers kind of add up. Like he's he's always a sneaky 20 home or 10 steal guy, and yep. you know it's just a matter of where the batting average falls. And he'll probably bet third or fourth in that lineup. Like, yeah, like the cut. I mean, the, yeah, Dansby Swanson over there now. Who I know you you love Dansby Swanson. Uh, I don't know. We talk about Nico Horner and like that lineup could be a little bit better. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm not. I've never really liked Ian Happ that much. But I have him thirty fourth. I feel like at some point you have to put him in there. You mentioned say a Suzuki. He's dealing with an oblique injury right now in spring training. I'm okay with you know like that driving his price down a little bit because if he misses like a couple weeks of the regular season and they. Make sure that you know they're gonna they're they're gonna ease him back in. Like he signed a five year seventy million dollar contract, and I I like getting guys who come over from Japan, Korea, wherever it is, and not taking them that first year, but maybe the second year. Um, yeah, I, I've mentioned my love for Hassan Kim. <laughs> you know, like I think he could put it together as well. So like um, I have Suzuki a little bit ahead of uh, you mentioned. Uh, was it Yosh? Is it Yoshida? Yeah, yeah. I have I have Yoshida forty ninth. So I I just. I have him a bit lower just because first year over, maybe he's just like an average guy and like as far as like good batting average, but I don't know that like he's going to hit 15 home runs. Like we'll see. He might hit five, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, he regularly hit 20 plus in Japan. 
But, right. it, you know, it, it is always a question of how that will translate. I agree. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, for me in this tier, I'm more interested in, in shooting for the upside guys. So, mm-hmm. like, I actually like Castellanos, Yoshida, Suzuki, Oscar Gonzalez, and Haniger more than Quan, Santander, and Hap just because I, I, I just like the, the potential for those guys. Um, yeah, okay. Makes it's sense. the allure of the unknown, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, um, I, I, Yoshida and Suzuki, like, I don't know. It's like we saw it We saw it uh, in brief from Suzuki, but um, I think they're comparable talents. So, so when is it time to rank Bryce Harper? Because I have him sort of in this area around forty, and I'm curious mm-hmm. where you where you ranked him and what your thought process was of ranking Bryce Harper. Yep, that's where I put, I have him at forty one. So same idea. <laughs> okay. I, I initially thought about putting him even higher, and honestly, like depending on your league format, like I would draft him higher. I mean, yep, uh, you know him. because we're we're talking about so many outfielders that have obvious flaws, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like Bryce Harper. As long as he doesn't have an injury setback, like he should be back around the All Star break, and he could be a really valuable player in the second half. And it's obviously a set it and forget it situation when Bryce Harper is healthy. So, like I could see taking him. I mean, depending on how you want to strategize, like I could see taking him as high as like you know outfielder twenty something like that. I sure. mean, like after maybe a Brian Reynolds that goes off the board or something like that. Um, I like right there with Chris Bryant, like Byron Buxton. I mean, like I could see taking him in that range. Yeah. And it depends on how your draft's going and like, you know, if you're in a shallow league, like would take him even IL higher spots, how many IL spots you have. Yeah. IL spots. So yeah, there's a lot of different things there. I'm sure people are wondering about like Bryce Harper. So yeah, it sounds like we have a similar outlook on him and sort of where we want to draft him. I also have Oscar, Oscar Gonzalez right here at 40. It sounds like you might have him a little higher, but I mean, yeah, I have him in this tier of guys with me. And then I don't know. I have like, like I said, I have Yoshida a bit further down, but I have some guys like you mentioned, sort of the allure of the unknown. I have guys in my early forties, like 41, 42, 43 here, Harrison Bader, Riley Green, Lars Newbar. I have some guys like that who I might take after. I mean, it's okay if that's my third outfielder, I guess, but like I might double tap and take a couple of these guys and hope that one of them pans out. Like, we're getting to that territory now. Like, you know, like I said, last year I got guys who I ranked 60th, 70th, who ended up as top 10, 12 outfielders. So I I like a lot of guys down here. It's just, I think you want to, you know, take multiple shots uh, down here and draft a couple of these guys. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear you have Oscar Gonzalez. Um, Even though you do have him a little below me, like I think you've got him above consensus, which is nice because he's just a player. I, I have very high hopes for, I mean, um, his numbers last year, you know, were a lot of it was driven by the 296 batting average, which may not be fully repeatable, but, uh, you know, 11 homers in 91 games last year, but he hit nine in AAA in 41 games and had 31 in the minors in 2021. So mm-hmm. I think he's got more power potential than he showed last year. The strikeout rate was very reasonable for a rookie at 19.6%. So I like his approach. He's not a stolen base guy. Um, but I, I think he's a, a, an underrated uh, upside bat. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think after this, you know, with Harper, I had his own tier. I have MJ Melendez in his own tier here as well. Then I have a few of the boring batting average guys we've talked about at other uh, in the second base show, which would be um, – Hopefully these guys all have outfield eligibility. Maybe I'm, I got this wrong. <laughs> Whit Merrifield, Jeff McNeil, Tal Marte. 
Do those uh, guys have outfield eligibility? Jeff McNeil for sure. Uh, I have him at 46. Cattell Marte, I don't think does. Um, Whit Merrifield, I think I, I think I put him in here too. So, but you know, we talked. Yeah, about you're right. Base. Marte does not. I, have, you know, uh, you know, I'm not a Whit Merrifield guy this year. I'm like, he's my 56. Whit does. He does. Yeah. Okay, he's my 56. Uh, so I don't know. Outfielder. I like. Yeah, I mean, I think like McNeil and Merrifield are like fine like the they're not going to kill you you know what i mean like yeah um but they're they're not going to move the needle a ton and, and then and then i have a, a a a big tier of guys that i feel like have a ton of upside um so i i don't mind drafting guys from this next tier uh and it is um i could maybe even make it two tiers actually cuz the top half of it are guys uh that i'm generally more excited about than the bottom half but you got uh, Alex Kirilov. You know yeah. I love him. I'm I'm hoping he's healthy and uh, can have a big year. Riley Green. I still love the talent, um, so I w- I would be willing to take a shot on him here. Uh, Andrew Vaughn. I've kind of cooled off of uh, a little bit. I'm not sure his game translates as well to fantasy as it does to real life, but um, he'll certainly be in the lineup every day and yeah. accumulating stats for the White Sox. Uh, Marcelo Zuna. Hmm. Uh, Off field stuff has really kind of messed his career of his own doing i should say but um but i I, you know he's still not that old and uh was a fantasy star as recently as 2020 so um there's a potential bounce back for him and teammate eddie rosario who uh had eye vision issues um but had um laser eye surgery i believe before last season and it might have affected him during the season because his strikeout rate jumped from 14.8 percent to 25.2 but he's you know, supposedly seeing the ball much better this spring and the, the coaching staff is raving about him. So I like him as a potential sleeper. Um, Jock Peterson uh, is like a platoon guy, you know. So if you're in a daily lineup league and you can play him uh, just against righties, he had 21 homers and 30, 331 at-bats against righties last year. So, like, he's basically Aaron Judge against right-handers. <laughs> he did okay against lefties last year too, though, surprisingly. Like, I mean – he had a career best 274 batting average. Um, I have him as my 51st outfielder, um, but yeah, you're right. Like if you could, if you could just play him, you know, here and there. Like some of these guys are daily league type guys. Uh, you have me rethinking my Braves a little bit, and it just goes to show you, like, there's some guys down here. Like you mentioned, Ozuna and Rosario. They're in the 90s for me. Like I did not rank them this high, um, but maybe I, I don't think consider- most people have. But I'm 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 going to be the high man on those guys. Yeah, and maybe I need to rethink and you know take a look at those guys i you know riley green i mentioned like i do have him up here um i didn't hear harrison bader i you know there's a there's a lot of hype for him he's another guy like he's in new york now he came over in like a late season trade just another one of these guys sort of like we talk about these Luis robert and some of these guys up top who have these this injury history and not that i'm not saying he has this elite um you know sort of outcome but i think this if you're getting him this late like if he ha- if he plays a full season you know or full ish season he could be really good and and productive in that Yankee lineup as well yeah I've got him right right around here I've got him at 52 I okay. actually didn't read you my full tier because it's too big but yeah um, yeah I mean I feel like Bader is good in stretches it's just like he I feel like he tends to get exposed as like a regular though you know like he doesn't yeah. quite he's, he doesn't quite sell me as like a everyday starter for a contending team so I feel like he might be in and out of the lineup some there in New York um Cody Bellinger, I mean, God, what do you say about this guy at this point? I mean, his last two seasons in L.A. were an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> but, yeah. like, fresh start with the Cubs. Sure. He's still only 27 years old. And, like, so, like, 
the skills should still be under there somewhere. It's just like he seems like he's been broken the last two years, and it's just a question of whether he can fix whatever's wrong with him. I don't, I don't right. know if it's mental or or his swing mechanics or whatever it is, but um, I, I don't know. Maybe just the change of scenery uh, unlocks him. So at, yeah. at, at, at outfielder 51, I'll take that chance. I'm right there with you. He's my outfielder 50. Yeah, same. Like I remember last year I was ranking him and Christian Yelich in a tier – of their own because it's like these former MVPs who like what's happened to them and maybe you know at some point you got to take them and like yeah the price is right you know like fresh start could be good uh, for Chicago I I feel like I'm starting to like this Cubs lineup more and more potentially (laughs) (laughs) they're they're the new Diamondbacks for you but yeah no it's funny you say that because like I feel like Yelich now like I pretty much wiped out any hope of him ever being a star again but like I feel like he's going to be a solid contributor Whereas Bellinger, like I still have a little bit of hope he can become a star again, but uh, I also don't think he's safe at all to be a, a, a usable player. Yeah, well, you mentioned the Diamondbacks, and I'm gonna I'm gonna mention another name here, and I'm looking up their lineup projection on roster resource. They have Lourdes Gurriel Jr. projected to DH and bat sixth, and I don't know, I have him at 48. Uh, he's hit over 275 each of his five seasons in the league. He's also hit 20 homers twice. One of those was in just 84 games. So, like, he has some power potential. Uh, He's moving from Toronto to Arizona. But, like, I don't know. I just think he's a good player. He's almost 30 now. Um, He's a veteran. But, like, again, if I'm taking some shots late, you know I'm going to get a diamond back. And it might just be Lourdes Gurriel Jr. (laughs) Yeah, I've got him at 61. I don't hate him, but five home runs in 120 games, 121 games last year is pretty scary. Uh, So, he's going to have to fix whatever caused that lack of power last year i'm hoping Um, it was injury you know like sometimes guys deal with some injuries come back and they're you know playing through stuff so i don't know i'm kind of hoping it's it's something like that yeah no it's a fine fine gamble uh josh naylor we talked about in the first pace pod he's a guy i still feel like could have more power than he's shown uh brandon nimmo i've never been a brandon nimmo guy because i don't play in point many points leagues um he's great in points leagues uh in roto categories leagues he's usually not very good but he was last year because uh he scored 100 runs yeah (laughs) he finished as a top 20 outfielder in five by five leagues last year but i i would not expect that again yeah uh randall gritchick i thought might have a good year in colorado like like chris bryant like he kind of burned me a little bit because it just it wasn't really there for him but i still think he could hit 25 30 home runs uh calling course field home uh, Michael Conforto. I don't. Yeah. I'd be curious where you have him ranked. I'm. I think he's a great bounce back candidate. Uh, he's also in San Francisco now, where we talk about they love their reclamation projects. And yeah, uh, he was a really good player from 2017 to 2020. Um, and that they they paid him, I think, 36 million over two years. So like they clearly have big plans for him. Uh, I think he's an intriguing sleeper. What do you think? Yeah. So where is he for you? Where do you have him ranked? I'm at 56. Okay. See, I'm I'm much lower, but like. Maybe I should move him up because he's he's I have him at seventy one, uh, right around someone like Grichik, um, Jared Kalenic, uh, who has hit a couple of home runs in spring training and you know <laughs> piquing my interest. So is Joe Adele, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like you know, fool me once, fool me three times. I know, but it's it's hard not to like if I'm looking at like Conforto versus like one of these young guys who if he's if they're if they're both starting and looking like they're going to start, you know, right off the bat, like Conforto missed like. I mean, when, when was the last time he played? He missed all of last year. He couldn't he sign on. He played like, mo- like two-thirds of 2021, I think. Okay. Yeah. So, like, you know, this is someone – I mean, it's like we could he, – he might just be a little rusty, you know? Like, we thought he would sign with someone last year. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Like, at some point, 
we're talking we're talking about like a ton of guys down here at the bottom I, I don't mind it and maybe i need to move conforto up slightly yeah i think this is where the this is where you actually see the depth of outfield like there's a ton of guys with upside they yeah. just all have question marks you know so you just have to accept that and be you know draft maybe uh more more than the number of starting spots you have and and kind of see who who ends up emerging and and don't be afraid to aggressively play the waiver wire for some of these guys early in the season too because a lot of these guys are probably not even going to get get drafted I mean I'm looking at Ramon Laureano I still think he's yep. got 2020 potential for uh, sure. his teammate Seth Brown went 25 11 last year so I I think he'll be a batting average drain but like those numbers kind of speak for themselves uh, Alec Thomas is another young guy that I really mm. like the profile for. Um, you know, I think he's got a nice potential blend of power, speed, and batting average that he showed in the minors. So you just hope uh, that starts to click uh, in the big leagues. Uh, Franmil Reyes, I mean, this is guy's a proven thirty homer guy. If he can just get a starting job, I mean, he's not a he's not a roster lock, let alone <laughs> a lock for a starting job with the Royals. But it. If he gets it, like I think he's going to be, he could definitely be useful. Um, yeah, I'm with you on Ramon Laureano. I have him right up in the same area with Jock Peterson at 51, 52. I also moved Chris Taylor up to this area because I'm guessing mm-hmm. he might be like this super utility player with Gavin Lux being injured. I, I kind of struggled on where I wanted to put Chris Taylor, uh, but he has outfield eligibility and second base right now. And another name, like kind of similar to Jock Peterson, Jesse Winker, who was. Yep in seattle for a year now he's in milwaukee a more hitter friendly ballpark so he's got some interesting splits too like he's terrible against lefties great against righties so he might be in a little bit of a platoon uh situation but you know again if you're in daily leagues and you can do it i mean some of these guys we talked about cj crone in first base like how he's you know great at home bad on the road like if you can do some of that sort of manipulation with your lineup then do it and if you're paying attention every day yep i've got winker right in this area like going to another hitter friendly ballpark seems good for him because he had that career year in Cincinnati and then a career worst year in Seattle uh Juan Yepes I talked about him on the first base pod I like him 20 uh he's only 24 he's hit 55 homers in 237 games between the minors and majors over the last two seasons uh Kelnick I have him here at 64 Uh, I'm not giving up all hope but I need to see something at this point uh AJ Pollock so Mm -hmm. you know I like he's 35 years old now, but they're gonna the the Mariners are gonna play him at DH, and that might be able to keep him healthy, which has been a big issue throughout his career. Um, and he was really productive on a per game basis as recently as 2021. So I still think like I wouldn't expect him to, uh, you know, play 150, 160 games, but I think when he plays, he could be quietly productive. Okay. I uh, another name I'm going to throw out here and we're getting deep now but like Brandon Marsh you know we talked about Bryce Harper you know missing probably half the season or something so like they're going to need to probably play Brandon Marsh every day I mean he played 134 games last year but he might just play every day he had a super high K rate 34 percent which you know in 2021 when he was in the majors for 70 games it was right at that so he strikes out a ton um, but you know 250 average roughly he could he could be like a 15 15 type guy and he'll probably bat at the bottom of that order um but maybe he'll score some runs you know maybe trey turner will be batting him in uh, so i don't know like i i think marsh is kind of like again we're getting into kind of deep sleeper territory but he's a name i have here sort of in the 60s or so as well hmm. i actually didn't even rank him but i could see putting <laughs> him in this in this range with uh guys like newt bar um yeah. austin meadows who 
had a great year in 2021 and then only played 36 games last year with the Tigers because of injuries and illness. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's a potential bounce back. I mean, he doesn't really uh, run anymore and is not a great bet for batting average anymore, I'd say, either. But 25, 30 homers, 80-plus RBIs, I could see it. Uh, Ver- Alex Verdugo, better real-life player than fantasy player. Um, yeah. But he's going to accumulate some stats just from being in the lineup every day. For sure. Uh, Austin Hayes, you know, I used to be more excited about him, as you mentioned. Uh, <laughs> but I think at this point, like, he's pretty boring. Like, I have him and Andrew Benintendi uh, in the same area because, to me, they're both, like, kind of boring accumulators, too, much like Verdugo. That makes sense. Uh, uh, Mike Yastrzemski, he's a guy I used to like a lot, but um, the batting average has just plummeted the last two years. And the underlying stat cast numbers don't really provide a lot of hope that he's going to bounce back. Um, but, I mean, this is Carl Yastrzemski's grandson, so come on. <laughs> so come like, on. He, he well, did have two really good years when he first came up. So who knows? Yeah. We've seen Stranger Things. Uh, you mentioned, and I you, know you like Will Myers for some reason, and I have him <laughs> in this range at 72. For some reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's playing in Cincinnati. I always like guys who move to Cincinnati. Um, you mentioned speed there. You were talking about someone, and it just jogged my memory. Just Oftentimes, like in Roto, people are looking for steals. Uh, I was talking about sprint speed earlier in Jose uh, Siri. I have him at 78. Um, I also have Estuary Ruiz, an outfielder for Oakland, around this area too at 80. Um, when I was looking at betting odds uh, to lead the league in steals, Ruiz was right there at the top. So like, it's like him and Alberto Mondesi. So I think, again, if you need steals, like he... I don't know how much he's going to get on base, but he's fast, and he might get on base and steal 30 bases. So if you're looking for steals in a Roto League, those are a couple names down really deep. Yeah, no, I, that's a good call on Ruiz. I think I'm going to have to move him up my rankings. Um, other guys I've got in this area, again, John Birdie, too. I mean, you have, yeah. if you're talking about stolen bases, yep. John Birdie, like if he gets playing time, he's going to steal. Uh, Tommy Pham. Uh, playing time also a question for him with the Mets, but right. like he's always had a, a very roto categories league friendly skill set. Um, and then you know some young guys, Oscar Colas, yeah, with the White Sox. Like I mean, I love Cola, so uh, <laughs> of course I would love Colas. Um, you know, I don't know if he's going to win a job out of spring training, but once he does get a job um, with the White Sox, I feel like he could be a source of batting average and power. That would be great because uh, J- then Eloy can just DH. <laughs> Please. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Jaron Duran, too. I, like, again, he's probably going to start the year in the minors, but like he's got that potential for 2020 season at some point uh, yeah. in his career. Uh, Robbie Grossman used to be a 2020 guy. He, he had a 2020 season in 2021, in fact, um, but he's 33 <laughs> now. So uh, probably not going to do it again, but again, the age curve isn't always linear, so yeah. you never know. <laughs> Absolutely. And like I have another boring name down here who you haven't mentioned, I don't think, is David Peralta, who is now over with the Dodgers. So you just, you know, you never know. Like he's he could play every day and in that Dodger lineup. So that's there could there could be worse things. I have him as my outfielder eighty eight, kind of near some of these guys like Colas who you were just talking about. Um yeah. down here with Marcelo Zuna, who again I might want to consider moving up some of the Braves because that's a good lineup too. Yeah. How about Adam Duvall? He had 38 homers and 113 RBIs in 2021. He is not, <laughs> not on my very list. long ago, and he's going to play like every day for the Red Sox. So, well, okay, he's not on my list, but maybe I need to add him. I mean, we're getting down again. This is when we talk to the top of the show. Like these are guys. Like if they're going to play every day, they might accumulate stats. So like like 
Yastrzemski, who you mentioned. I mean, these are guys who might be viable in five outfielder leagues. I mean, there are people listening who might be in leagues like that. So, you know, who who else I you mean, got? You know? I mean, like every year we like we see like random players end up finishing as top twenty or twenty five outfielders. So like sure. some of these guys way down the list are probably going to do that. We just don't know which ones. Yeah. But uh, you know, Joe Adele and Christopher Morell are guys I would put on my watch list. Um, again, they 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 might. Uh, you know, Morel will probably might might have trouble being a starter. Adele mm-hmm. will probably start the year in the minors, but again, they they've shown certain talent. They're still young, so I keep an eye on them. Uh, Dylan Carlson has kind of become boring at this point, like much like Austin Hayes. Like yeah. they were high prospects, but they, they're just kind of boring contributors uh, at this point. Uh, Manuel Margot, same same sort of deal, could get low double digit homers and steals with an okay batting average. What about Trey uh, Mancini? I've got him in here. You know, chicka chicka Mancini. Yeah, he won a ring in Houston. Left my Orioles. I, I I love Trey Mancini, man. I mean, how can you not root for this guy? Um, that's true. You know, it's he's easy to root for. Now he's in Chicago. I will probably always follow his career. Um, his uh, his wife, I think they got married. Sarah Perlman. She does like NBC Sports, uh, like gambling. I think podcast. At least she used to. Maybe she's doing something else now. But. Um, yeah, I've, I've kind of followed his career, you know, being in Baltimore. And so I'm going to root for him, and maybe I'll draft him late. Uh, he's first base and outfield eligible. And uh, Matt Mervis, as long as he stays down down in the minors, then I think Mancini has an everyday job too. Oh, you sold me. I'm going to add him to my rankings. All right. Um, I also have Charlie Blackman, who used to be a fantasy star, and now it's yeah. just boring. But 270, 15 homers, five steals, like that could happen in a deeper league. That that could have value. He Same thing with Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, yeah. You know, sneaky source of fifteen to twenty homers and five to ten steals potentially, even at his advanced age. <laughs> his advanced age. Listen to yes. us talking about Andrew McCutcheon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I think I think we've gone deep enough here. Unless you want to keep keep uh, mining for gold. <laughs> no, I mean, like we could probably r- rattle off twenty more names, but I think that's pretty good. We've gone about an hour and a half. Talked about maybe a hundred outfielders. <laughs> Yeah, and again, like this is the thing about the outfield, you know, like there's going to be some really good performers. Like if you basically every guy we talked about from like outfielder thirty to eighty has maybe like a five to ten percent chance of being really good. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I mean, maybe the guys in the thirties and forties have like a a, a twenty to thirty percent chance of being really good, and the guys in the seventies and eighties have a five percent chance, but like. They all have a chance. So you're telling yeah. me there's a chance. Absolutely. Uh, you know, so um, you got to be aggressive at this position uh, uh, during the season as you're managing your team because uh, there's going to be some breakout performers. There's going to be some bounce backs. And uh, there's going to be some guys who just fall off a cliff and are droppable by July. So maybe that's earlier. Just the way it is. <laughs> maybe earlier than that. I mean, yeah. when, we're, when we're in April doing our, our rankings and we're updating them, like there's guys who I'm already ready by the end of April to drop off the list. You know, some of these guys. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. So that wraps up outfield. Um, yeah. Pretty much wraps up hitters for our position previews. We will be talking about a couple utility only guys uh, at some point. Uh, likely in we'll, we'll uh, combine that with our relief pitcher show. But first we're going to dig into starting pitchers. Uh, so that will be our uh, agenda item for next week. Um, we may devote two shows to that since there are a lot of starters to talk about. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. If you do have any fantasy-related questions, you can always reach out to us on Twitter. I am at Andrew underscore Seifter. And I am at Barton Wheeler. 
If you like the show, please follow, subscribe, rate, and review. We are out of here. We gone. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.